Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey, podcast listeners. This is going to be maybe a fast and furious episode, but I just kind of triggered today, but in the best way possible that I wanted to share with you. But very quickly, I'll tell you a little story. I got some dental work done, not dental work, I had a dental consultation this week. And I'm bringing this up because a lot of you guys who struggle with bulimia also struggle with your teeth. And I was going to be very transparent. I made a video about it the same day of my Instagram. So if you want to find out more about dental work that I had to get done, you can go there. But basically, I haven't had a dentist appointment in, I think, five years, which is really bad, of course. And the main reason I avoided the dentist, honestly, was financial for a while. I just, and I'm really bad uh, for all that I get done. I'm, I'm terrible at administrative tasks and things that just don't feel urgent. So things like the dentist or making sure my car registration is up to date. Obviously I do those things, but I'm always like, it's the last minute. But the dentist just seemed like an easy thing I could push off. But I've been noticing some symptoms that seemed indicated dental infection. So I went in and they basically were very nice and just said, hey, you have a few cavities that we need to address, but nothing too serious. It should be okay. So it was really good. But the reason I'm bringing it up is you know, I went in there full intent to be to be transparent with them of, hey, I did struggle with a former eating disorder, but also for them to not be so nice about that because I don't know what it is, but sometimes eating disorder patients, they tend to get treated by physicians very dismissively, unfortunately. And this is not all physicians. They're, this dentist is very nice and there are a lot of people out there that are doing God's work, you know, in terms of being really nice and understanding and compassionate. But I almost expected them to be dismissive and accusatory. And the dentist did say something like, oh, it's been a while. I'm, I'm guessing this isn't your favorite place to be. And I'm glad that you're here, which kind of felt a little bit like, you know, I kind of was like, you don't know my life story. You don't know why I haven't been here. Like, I'm not, I'm not scared, but I was a little bit scared. They were right. But anyway, it went well. And there's this peace of mind of, hey, my teeth aren't completely ruined. I know what to do. And I have a plan moving forward. But for those of you guys, I've been in a fortunate place that my teeth haven't been horrifically damaged. There's some enamel loss, like they aren't the best that they could be, but they're not horrible. They're not deteriorating. It's not like I need a whole new teeth, which a lot of people with bulimia, they eventually need that. However, please know that you deserve care and you deserve continued care, no matter what addiction you're going through, eating disorder, anything. I know sometimes in like the healthcare system in the UK, someone commented on my post and they said, oh, it's a waste of money to spend dental work on you. You're going to completely ruin your teeth. That is not up for the physician to decide. It should always be up to the patient to get the care that they need to take care of their body. So if you've ever dismissed that way or made to feel guilty or like you don't deserve treatment until you recover, that is bullshit. That is from very, I don't know, misinformed people or judgmental people not understanding. You deserve care every step of the way. We wouldn't, and of course you have the responsibility to recover always. Like you do, it's not up to anyone else for you to recover and you have to do the work. But no matter where you are in your journey, 
even if you are deciding not to recover, which I'm not encouraging, but even if you're in that place where you just I don't want to recover, you still deserve health care and dental care, which are the same thing. So please get your teeth checked out. Go in and get appointment for peace of mind. I know it's scary, but go in there knowing you deserve it. Be prepared. If they're going to say anything mean to you, don't take that shit. Don't, don't indulge in it and demand the care that you deserve and be open-minded to what options there are. Uh, and there are lots, thankfully we live in a time where we don't just have to put indentures. There's so many options for getting amazing teeth work done. You don't have to just live with no teeth for the rest of your life. So just want to put that out there. Didn't expect to talk about that, but you know, just in case, what was I going to talk about today? Oh yeah. So I got tr- a little trigger today by what a, something a client said. And <clears throat> I know this client listens to my podcast. So if you're out there, and you hear this, please know I'm not mad at you. I just like, whenever I hear people say that line, I'm just like, oh my God, it's so stupid. I talked about it last week, but it came up again today, which is, I wish I was anorexic and anorexics are better. And this person was discussing, considering telling her boyfriend about bulimia, but she didn't want to because she felt embarrassed. And it's so embarrassing that she's struggling with bulimia and not anorexia and I I know it's a little repetitive but it just grinds my gears when people say that I know where this person is coming from so I'm not mad at them I'm just mad at the phenomenon that's made them think this and the cultural view on anorexia versus bulimia that make people think this bulimia people view bulimics as people that are gluttonous and awful and all these sorts of things and they're just lazy and they have no control and anorexics are put on this high and mighty pedestal of they have self-control and willpower and they are starving themselves and they um, have the ideal whatever body type which is not even correct at all that's so messed up but like that's what people think it's trying to be real I just think that's all bullshit I don't know like every single person I've gotten to work with has been so incredibly unique and has such a high willpower and willing to just do whatever it takes to reach their goals. I think something unique about bulimia is they're really going to willing to go above and beyond. And even if they're struggling, do take drastic measures to get it done. Drastic measures to hurt themselves sometimes, but drastic measures all the time, all the same. It just don't understand why anorexia, which is this very restrictive, not being able to experience anything, eating disorder that keeps you even more isolated in the bulimia, it's not any better. And I don't get why there's a hierarchy. And I don't even get the concept of being embarrassed about it. It's like, I don't know what it is with society. And maybe it's just gonna be a ranty podcast, whatever. I'm so sorry. But I think you people will relate to it. It's like, we're all supposed to pretend like we're perfect. We're not like, I don't know. And a lot of people behind closed doors are struggling. We don't get everything done. You see on Instagram, people that have all these like perfect Insta perfect lives and they're, they've got their matcha lattes and they've got five kids, but somehow they always look immaculate. Even if that is their life and they're somehow able to take care of it all on their own and they don't even have any help that's a statistical anomaly but then most of the time those people have aided help they either have financial help they've got a nanny something they've got assistance they've got other things going on maybe that's their one job is to be this like person that's um, a social media image influencer it's just not entirely real and 
I think we see this and we think, oh, we have to portray that image too. So we're embarrassed to talk about things like bulimia and stuff like that because it means that we're weak. And honestly, every single time I've told people I've struggled with bulimia or and have in the past, I've been received with nothing but love and people then reach out to you because they're wondering, oh my God, like this person can help me. I can be vulnerable with them. I don't know. I think it's much stronger and braver to admit your flaws and to be real and honest with yourself than it is to just hide and keep everything at bay it makes you feel like shit makes you carry secrets all the time it makes you feel like an imposter constantly there's nothing more freeing than when I told everyone about my bulimia to post the podcast I just put it out there and it was one of the best things ever it was exhilarating and awful all at the same time but after I put it out there it was kind of like yeah I struggle with bulimia what are you gonna do about it you're gonna make fun of me too late it's already out there I'm having my own back here and so what I struggle people struggle. That's what happens. Let's live in reality, not this Instagram, IG, threads, whatever the new social media is, world, because it's not fucking real. Anyway, you can tell what kind of mood I'm in today. It's been a long day. But I'm just sick of it. And I think too, with being honest and being honest about your struggles is a great starting point for recovery. I'm working with this new client and he and I have been talking a lot about being fully transparent with his food decisions not about making perfect food decisions. I think sometimes when people start with me, they think, okay, so I just need to do all the right things. I need to make sure I'm pausing for two minutes and I need to interrupt the binge urges. I need to not binge. And I also need to make sure I'm not purging. I need to eat perfectly, blah, blah, blah. That's usually not how I start out. I'd rather someone just start out with being more aware of their decisions and whatever decision they're making with food, that they can be fully present and honest and not lie to themselves about it. And that's where you find your power. Because if you can have your back at making the decision to binge and purge, to buy shitty food that doesn't suit you well, all those things, you start to see where you have authority. And because a lot of times what people do is they'll make decisions and they lie to themselves about the reasons. They kind of make excuses, all those things. But if you can just be real and honest of, hey, I'm doing this because of X and I have my own back on that decision and you don't beat yourself up and like hold a metaphorical gun behind your back when you do it you find all your power and that's usually where I start people out on and it does wonders for them because they learn how to make decisions with authority they learn what type of power they have and then they start not wanting to make those same decisions and then start changing over time and of course we talk about different strategies all those things but if you are struggling to do basic strategy things then you you don't need to start with that you need to start with being real and transparent and honest and that's where I think the base of a lot of addiction recoveries are is fully surrender what's been going on and admit everything about yourself and it's only there when you've wiped the slate clean and you've cleaned off all the dirt and you can see clearly what's happening that you can move forward and that's why I think this client that I originally started talking about who's kind of embarrassed to tell her boyfriend I think it'd be beneficial for her because then she can and this person also this boyfriend doesn't seem like he's going to be manipulative or abusive with that he seems like a safe person to tell this information to but I think it'd be helpful for her because she can fully admit the things she's going through, the struggles, she can own those struggles. In telling him, she that means that she's got her back either way, you know, because she's she's being vulnerable, and then she can start fresh from there. Of this is what's going on, I know what's happening, it's real, and what steps we're going to take towards it, and what do we want to do today? Anyways, but. I don't this I just got on my high soapbox. Uh, I just felt like talking about that today. It's not really a formal podcast episode, but I think a lot of people relate to it. Anorexia is not fucking better than bulimia, and I don't get that. And that toxic 
shit needs to die. Like, I literally feel mad right now talking about it. It's just so stupid. I don't know why anorexia seems better than bulimia, but it's not. And none of it is glamorous. Like, anorexia, not glamorous. Bulimia, not glamorous. People that are dreaming about another eating disorder, they are not seeing the reality of what it is. That stuff is lethal. It damages you. It fucks you up. And makes your life really small. So none of it's glamorous, none of it's better than the other. And I don't see why one is put on a pedestal than the other one. And then also being super real about your recovery and having your own back no matter what, and kind of embracing the fact that you are a flawed human being is where you get all of your power. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've just, I'm reaching a point in my journey where it's, I've been doing this for a little while now, I'm liking it, but there's different directions I want to take. I want to pursue further education all these things, but I think I really also need to start being honest with where I'm at, what I have the capacity to do, and what I need to readjust. But it's only when I can be fully transparent with myself that I can make the changes in my life again and readjust, re like pivot. So I'm um, going through it myself, and I hope you can kind of maybe some action items from this podcast would be to write down what's real for you right now. If you weren't lying to anyone, if you were just fully transparent, what would you say about you? And once you can find that and really look at yourself on without any layers, what do you see and how can you move forward from there? But yeah, this is just a ranty, angry podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm not, I haven't been angry today either. <laughs> I've just been furiously working over some stupid Dolce de Leche cookies that I was making for my boyfriend's birthday. But otherwise, <laughs> it's been a good day. Meeting with clients, all that sorts of stuff. So yeah, I hope you enjoyed the podcast episode. The retreat, the pause retreat is in less than two weeks. That's August. It's going to be August 3rd through the 7th. There are still spaces available. And I feel guilty saying that because I'm like, oh, it's a failure. You haven't sold out the retreat yet. Horrible person. No, I think I just made this retreat and I didn't advertise it soon enough, but there's still spaces available for the retreat. I'm excited to go because I think after going, it's going to be really healing for me and the clients that I have coming. It's just going to be an amazing experience in Mexico. But once I go I can then if I continue I think this retreat center based on everything they've told me and what I've heard from other people that have gone like it's going to be amazing but once I've gone I'll be able to better advertise it next time which I fully plan to have another retreat but anyway if you were looking for a break from your life and you happen to have free time during August 3rd through 7th and you want to take a weekend kind of luxury retreat recovery getaway and be with me and a few other people for the, that uh, amount of time, I think it's four days in beautiful Mexico, in nature, away from technology and the hustle and bustle in the beautiful San Pancho city, Nayarit, Mexico, and just enjoy yourself and enjoy the spa services the retreat has, have a delicious whole foods, have group sessions, and also we're going to do a cacao retreat, a few little ceremony things, then you can find that all at www.bingebreakers.com slash pause retreat. And you could also email me at jacqueline.davis.biz at gmail.com if you have questions or if you want to do a consult. But the retreat is all inclusive. The only thing it does not cover is, what is it? The only thing it doesn't cover is your plane tickets. You have to buy that. But tickets are actually pretty cheap this time of year because it's a little warmer in Mexico right now. All right. And then also I have a few available spots for private coaching. If you would like to work with me one-on-one, if you felt like this podcast, like, oh my God, I related to her so much and you need help taking action in your recovery you can go to bingebreakers.com and book a consult with me and we'll discuss whether or not it's a good fit for you or if you, something else is a better thing to go for. All right, I'm gonna let you guys go. Never give up on yourself. Bye.